have a lot of passion for what you're doing. This rings true because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. It's really hard, and you have to do it over a sustained period of time. So if you don't love it, and if you're not happy with doing it, Welcome to another episode of John's Entitled Podcast, a partner of MoshPitNation.com. This week's guest is the ever-polarizing Philip Labonte, singer for All That Remains. And with me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, John. I'm uh, about to eat lunch, and so I'm super stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and I'm to stoked this. to be doing this podcast with you. Thank you. I, uh, I'm bringing you another live interview from the Intersection Yes, there's going to be plenty of background noise. I just seemingly can't get away from it. Yeah, that interview was definitely from the pulsing depths of rock and roll. That's for sure. And you were down there in it with the people. Yeah, uh, as I always seemingly have to preface, uh, this interview was recorded while the show was going on. Um, unfortunately, just because of a show going on and, and space not always being available, um, had to do the best we could, went to a green room. Unfortunately, I was literally against the wall that the stage was right behind. So obviously you're going to hear great drumming going on. You can even hear a Deftones uh, cover <laughs> uh, as it's happening. But uh, you can hear Phil pretty good. Um, I guess you just necessarily don't hear me all that well, but it is what it is. Um, so it's like about a 30-minute interview for the first 15 minutes. The, the band that was playing is still playing, and then it's it's easy going from there. It's a lot more quieter, and you can hear uh, Phil and I talking. But I thought it was a pretty good chat. I, I mean, I was pretty surprised with uh, how honest Phil was uh, about, you know, just him, the perception of him and, and his band. Yeah, absolutely. He sounded great. Uh, in the uh, Yeah, you guys really got into, got in, got into some stuff, and uh, I thought that was uh... – a little bit more open than I've seen him. I mean, obviously he's open on his own socials and, and, you know, all that. He's always been very outspoken, uh, which leads to the, you know, sometimes polarizing. Uh, but I didn't really get that from here, man. Uh, it seemed like a really solid chat and he answered everything you had for him. You know, there was no weirdness at all. No. And, you know, I was expecting to get like Oli or Mike or, you know, uh, anybody else, but I, I was pleasantly surprised when they were like, yeah, you got Phil. And it's like, oh man, like this, this should be really good. Cause like you said, he's known for being very vocal about how he feels and, and just being unapologetically himself. And that's, that's either the thing you love about him or the thing you fucking hate about him. And right. I love the fact that he just doesn't care either way. Like I, it's really refreshing in a day and age and in the, the PC climate we live in that, you know, to see someone just kind of be them. Yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely really insightful um i liked your guys story about myspace and all that like you know talking about uh so you're like, you're like i actually sent you a message you know on my i mean i guess they were called messages direct messages you know uh and you re you reposted it or retweeted or yeah, I whatever re I, I was you really myspaced it yeah i was trying to remember <laughs> yeah. what the the term was like when because they, they weren't blogs they were like i forgot what they called them when you made like this long what they are now blogs but yeah. i think they were just called notes or something i can't yeah, remember I exactly remember. what they were but yeah we're just old <laughs> absolutely but uh yeah no it was really cool uh you know and some of the different 
uh, things we got into. But, you know, I, I know we, we are kind of a habitual at, at talking about the interview <laughs> leading up to it. And uh, so I'd like to just get right to it. And uh, here's my chat with Phil Labonte. Again, pardon the background noise for the, about the first 15 minutes. Uh, but after that, it's smooth sailing from there. some shit coin, you know? Right. Yeah, a friend of mine, uh, as I was just at the bar across the street, he was telling me that, like, pretty much everything is down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're at, we're at uh, yearly lows right now. But that's, that just, to me, that just means it's a good time to buy. Well, I was going to say, I mean, anything that's sort of a, an investment-based anything, you're going to have to ride out the highs and lows. I mean, very much like the industry you are in yeah. as a whole. Yeah. And it was just kind of one of those things where it made me wonder, outside of even aligning with a brand or whatever, or have you even seen how cryptocurrency has worked its way into the music industry? No, I haven't. I know there's a couple people that are talking about it. I, I actually, I just heard about the uh, stuff with Testament from you. Okay. So I didn't, I wasn't aware of that until you know until uh, I saw the email earlier today. And uh, so, you know, I, I know there's an EDM uh, guy that's doing something. I think that he's yeah, doing, I think so. Yeah. Doing a coin too, but again, these are. These are things that, to me, if you don't have a use case for it, you don't have. If it's not, if it's not looking to solve a problem, right? Then I don't really see. I don't. I wouldn't want to endorse it unless it's looking to solve a problem. You know, I'm yeah. fine with. I'm fine with people that want to go and buy shit coins on on exchanges and and hope for it to you know moon and, and you know make a <laughs> bunch of money. Fine, cool. But like for me, I'm I'm excited about like the concept of of a store of value of being able to exit the Federal Reserve System. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty libertarian-minded kind of dude. Right. So for me, it's it's about, you know, a sound money, um, 
on the, the fact that it's not sent that Bitcoin's not censorable, you know, it, or it's censorship resistant. Um, it's you know fairly anonymous. They can, I mean, it's not completely anonymous, but if you're looking for privacy, there are privacy coins. Like, but again, that's that's that comes back to the, the thing that I was saying where. Like Monero is, is a privacy. The point of that is to be used as a medium of exchange that can't be traced. Right. So there's there's a good use case for that. Like Dash or Litecoin. The the point of those is is to be able to uh, to to be fast. You know, it's basically what it is. So that because Bitcoin does have some. There is some wait time when it comes to trans, You know, uh, chain, you know, using Bitcoin and stuff. Uh, Bitcoin as a store of value. I back that. The thing that really impresses me the most about um, Bitcoin itself is the fact that it was bootstrapped. Like the, the, no one, no one said this is worth something until right. someone said, "I'll take that." Until, right. the, until Bitcoin, you know, the pizza, the guy that bought the pizza for whatever ten thousand Bitcoin right. or whatever, you know. So it, it's been kind of funny because, like, admittedly, I'm not super into like as far as knowledge on, sure. on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, but. Try to find a parallel that makes it more palatable to me, and so it's like all I kept coming up with. I was like, it's really weird because like I feel like cryptocurrencies definitely would appeal to someone like you who's slagged it out over a long sure. period of time, and, it, and it's it's not necessarily about like cashing in right away. It's yeah. about the long term yeah. and the long play and all these kind of things. And I was like, oh, it's kind of weird how indirectly cryptocurrencies are, are kind of metal. In, <laughs> in a sense. You know, I mean, the thing the thing for me, the, the thing about or one of the things about cryptocurrency is it's not for me it's not I'm not looking to make money on cryptocurrency right you know uh, I mean sure if I if I I want to purchase low and and if if, if the price the value goes up great but for me it, it I would rather have money sitting in Bitcoin, or I'd have, rather have Bitcoin than money sitting in a bank, right. in a bank account, because I know that there's going to be fees on the bank account. There's going to be inflation, whether you like it or not. They're going to raise interest rates. All these things are going to affect the value of your money. Right. And I think that over the long term, something like Bitcoin uh, is going to retain its value uh, in a way that a dollar won't be able to. Kind of Shifting, <laughs> too much Rick and Morty. Uh, shifting gears here. Um, Want to talk a little bit about the latest release, Madness? You know, at this point in your career, do you do you as a as an individual, or even I guess if you can speak on behalf of the members of your band, really even pay attention to the, the quote unquote critics or quote unquote fans anymore? Uh, I try not to. Okay. Uh, I quit drinking about a year year and change ago, so I pay less attention now. <laughs> you know, right. I, if I if I was you know, tied one on, and I'm on Twitter, and someone I see someone says something, I I would would be liable to get into it with them, because I mean I'm a ship poster at heart. You know, I grew up I grew up on the you know I grew up with the internet. Like when right. I was a, a teenager is when message boards started, and when ASL. like you know uh, yeah AOL and 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 all that stuff. So for me, it was it was always. It was always, uh, uh, you know, somewhere where I'd go to share my thoughts, and it, it wasn't like it wasn't like it is today, where if you say something on Twitter, it makes news. You know, I mean, obviously, Donald James Trump Gunn. is the well, James Gunn, yeah, but like Donald Trump is the is the the kind of apex of it right now. If he says something, literally, the markets can change, and and yeah. and it, it, if he says something on Twitter, you know, that affects global policy of other countries and stuff. Whereas, like. You know, when I got on the internet, it's like, you know, you'd trash talk and it'd be like if you were, you know, playing video games and trash talking in the, uh, in the, the chat right. room or whatever, you know, it, it was, 
you know, it was it was just part of being online. You know, whether whether you're talking about Reddit or whether you're talking about 4chan or whatever. Yeah. You know, I've spent my time on B and on on K and on on you know on the uh, on the, the internet and stuff. So I don't really sweat it much nowadays. Right. But at the same time, if you see something, if someone comes at you with personal attacks yeah. and stuff, it is tough to just brush off. You know. I've learned that uh, having, making friends doing this and having friends in the industry, sometimes I, when I see things and they're attacking like personal people yeah. I know, and it's like, fuck, I just want to create an account and log into Lambgoat and, and be like, no, you're an asshole, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. like a friend of mine the other day, like I had to, I was talking to a mutual friend and then I was like, oh yeah, this shit happened last night, like did you see this? And he's like, oh, what did so-and-so say? screenshot in our conversation with the other dude to send to the other friend that like we're all friends but not yeah. having the same combo and then he's like I don't think you meant to send me this and I was like yeah well no I didn't mean to send it to you because it's obviously our conversation I just sent you <laughs> but basically like it just sucks when I see people talking shit about you yeah. and like I'm just kind of saying like it really sucks because I feel like I'm invested as a, as a, a friend sure. and it's like you don't know this person and you're just talking out your ass like that sucks to see and so I can only imagine it's I mean, you know, like I said, it, you know, most of the time I can just let it, you know, just let it roll off my back, whatever. And I, and I don't, you know, I don't pay attention to like, like I'm not following a lot of like metal news sites or anything. Right. Like that's not really, right. you know, that's not my thing. If I, if I, if, if there's a band that I care about that's got a record coming out, I'll know about it. I don't need, I don't need to be told <laughs> by, uh, you know, told by a, a you know whatever metal site or whatever. Right. So I, I try to avoid it just because I don't want to get drawn into it. And and again, I try to avoid it more nowadays than I did you know a year or two or three ago or whatever. So kind of speaking to that, something and I'm gonna reference a very quick story that I, you're probably not even aware of because it's more commonplace for you. But way back in the MySpace days. MySpace. This, this is going back. Yeah. Uh, I had sent you a message because we were friends. Uh, and I don't remember what the record was at the time. I think it was The Fall of Ideals. And I was like, man, this really got me through. Like, uh, my grandmother passed away. The song really helped me, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure you get this all the time. But just if not, and you're having a shitty day, someone's, you know, slagging on you, sure. whatever. Just know that all the hours spent away from home, all the things you've missed, blah, blah, blah. Like, it means something, at least to me. That's cool. And, well, then you shared it on your whatever those things were. Oh, really? Like the, the they weren't blogs, whatever they were. The pictures and stuff I think you could do. I'm not sure what, yeah, I don't it, remember it either. Like, yeah, it was like... It was a long of, time ago, yeah, man. Yeah, it wasn't like a message and it wasn't a blog. It was whatever the fuck they were then. But I remember just being like, wow, I can't believe like... Because you were like, this is what it's all about. Sometimes like, you know, playing sold out shows and all that shit is, is worth it. But like sometimes it's, it's these things like when, like you said, like when I get slagged on or people are yeah. shitting on me, yeah. that it's like, these are the kind of things that make it worth it. Yeah. And so kind of as a result I, something I've always admired about you as an individual is how unapologetically you you are and I have always been I'm just a dude like the I, thing is like there's too many people and I don't want to say too many because I don't want to speak I, I'm not trying to tell people what, what they should or shouldn't do right but for me like I'm not a very good rock star like the rocks like the guys that have you know they they don't say this or they don't want to say that or they don't want to they don't you know they're really careful about what goes out to the public because their image is i'm not an image guy right you know i mean if you see i mean you look at pictures of us on stage and i mean we don't 
we're not the band that really kind of gets dressed up in a getup. Right. You know, our our thing has never been image. Our thing has always been just like go up there and play, and right. that's that's what we do. So, I mean, I remember when I, was, when I was a kid, kid, like I dug Metallica, and I dug the fact that, like, I dug the thrash bands, and I dug the fact that they just would be walking around wearing the same clothes that they're going to wear on stage because they never seemed like they were trying to put on airs. They always seemed like they were regular dudes. And the same thing with death metal bands. Like, and I was into, like, that's what I was into when I was a kid. I, ne- I never got into the black metal scene and all that stuff because I thought the face paint and all that extra theatrics was silly. Right. You know, I, I think it might be because of the fact that New England was... The New England metal scene was so mixed with hardcore too, yeah. and hardcore very much doesn't put on airs. They don't get up there and put on a, a you know, a, sh- a show that like that. It's not a theatrical show. It's them getting up there playing music, and that's what I always thought was cool. And for me, I always just wanted to be me playing shows. And if someone talks to me or sends me a message, if I if I answer, if I have time to answer, if I feel like answering, you're not getting some canned thing from. Right. A publicist, you're getting exactly what I think, and, and you're talking to this to the same guy, you know. Yeah, but it, it was more to me in, in looking at your career, looking at you as the individual, and, and being one that's pretty active on a lot on socials and so forth. That I feel like sometimes you have become various sites of punching bags, <laughs> just just for you being you and speaking your mind which is what everyone does especially on the internet but I don't I don't know it's just kind of weird when I look at certain situations like I was just saying like how sometimes I'll see friends get attacked and like that's not deserving like they're just saying something that you would say except for they have more clout quote unquote than you do and now you're getting lambasted for it and it's like it just seems like sometimes where you are engaging people in a discourse not an argument a discourse to try to further educate someone and make them see your side if, if that's if they don't agree with you and then it just turns into you know Phil, Phil from all that remains it turns, a fan, blah, it, blah, blah. it turns into put out the fall of ideals again asshole <laughs> and I don't feel yeah. like that's very fair and I mean that's, I'm looking at it probably from the completely well I mean life's not fair first of all and, and yes, you know people much. are going to say what they're going to say I mean the, the fact of the matter is I understand why there are so many people out there that don't engage with fans on the internet right. unless it's under a very controlled you know in a very controlled situation because that'll happen people are gonna people people are gonna say oh look I can take this and make a headline out of it and I'll get clicks and that's all it's about is just getting clicks they're just looking to make money right. so you know and it's it's I mean it is what it is you know people are gonna dog you for what you say if they can come up with a way to to make you look bad or to make you look good, if that's what they're after, you know, if they can come up with a way to spin it to get clicks, yeah. then that's that's really all it is. It's just a matter of you know someone trying to cash in on someone. It's someone trying to cash in on your work, on yeah. your name. Yeah. So. I just always kind of wonder, like, because I mean, I'll see you kind of post things about like, oh, well, you know, this data, kind of like you know, I had something that Des said in an episode of mine. That you know, he was talking about people who would that were potentially interested in trying to be on the first uh, the Outlaw Country record that they sure, did, sure, yeah. and then it got spun. They're like, "Oh, he said Corey Taylor was going to do the next one," and he's like, "I didn't say that. I said he yeah. said he would. He wanted to be a part of it." It's like game of telephone. Yeah, and so I just kind of wonder sometimes, like, does it just become 
I didn't fucking see that. Nah, I mean, it's never stopped me. I mean, because people, people are gonna, people are gonna, they're gonna hear what you're saying, and they're gonna perceive it the way that their their own bias already has. So if someone doesn't like you, right, and they hear something, then they're gonna be like, so for instance, so this, there's this one dude that was doing a review okay. of a record, and he didn't like, you know, obviously he didn't like us, he didn't like me, and <laughs> and be, he's like because. There's a line that in a song that says, you make me look good doesn't get any better. If you're going out, let's go out together. He's like, well, obviously this guy's a misogynist. I'm like, <laughs> how how does that... And, I, you know, I didn't engage with that. I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But it's like, we had a female bass player for a decade. Right. And, like, I was married to a woman that deployed two times, and I was, like, the spouse at home. If I really thought poorly of women, would that... You know, so this line one this one line right. is what makes me makes you think that I'm a misogynist, <laughs> even though there's all these actual things where I've been like, you know, like we've had females in the band, and, and how is it that you could possibly, you right. know, put that together? But again, I, I think that it's more people just looking for a reason to knock you than anything else. So yeah, you know, I kind of speaking to the the new album Madness, I wanted to kind of talk about the songwriting itself, you know. This record in particular, I, I saw saw a lot more uh, influences coming through that you know with the band's evolving sound. I mean, it's funny. I just had uh, Matt Dice on. Uh, oh, really? And we he actually picked a song from uh, the Starkened Heart to end the episode out too. Cool. What cool uh, song? Uh, fuck, I'm always bad with song titles. It's the uh, the something shall not fail. Focus shall not fail. Focus shall not fail. That's right. And uh, he was like, oh, I was really proud of that song when we wrote it and, and performing it and all that kind of stuff. But it was kind of funny going back and listening to him, you know, having, knowing Tyler Strozel, um, and him kind of being like, yeah, Dice isn't really big into metal. And so it's like, once I knew that, I was like, huh, the fact that, he, <laughs> you know, that he was in All the Remains was kind yeah. of interesting. So, I mean, in talking about that, and that time period of the band, it was kind of fun talking to someone who's kind of ready to get out of out of that scene. Sure. But, I mean, you go back that far into the band's career and, and what you've done, like, the band's just constantly evolved. And yep. it's, it's something that I've always found kind of refreshing from you guys, like, never knowing exactly what you're going to do. And, you know, I kind of wondered, is it, uh, is it kind of crazy to you to see how successful you guys have become, <laughs> especially with the newer material actually being the thing that people enjoy more as opposed to resting on the fall of ideals, like the 20th <laughs> anniversary yeah. thing. I mean, I, we've talked about doing that, which, I mean, I would, I kind of would like to do that, but uh, at the same time, it's like, <clears throat> because we came up in a scene right. that was kind of a trend, mm -hmm. and we were looking for a way to not go away because everyone knows that trends go away. Yes. So we were like, well, the, if you're if you're trying to not be in a trend, don't do what the trend tells you you have to do. So that's why we started trying to, you know, expand out and and you know we put songs that actually got on the radio and or put out songs that actually got on the radio and and continued to push the envelope of what we're quote unquote allowed to do, you know. Right. And and that's the reason that. You know, there's, I'm not going to name names, but there's a, a slew of bands that in 2006 people thought were great and blah, 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 and they're not around anymore. 
because they were. Does a great job of referencing the old Ozfest and be like, "Where are these fucking bands now?" Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it's true. I mean, they're, they're they 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 don't exist or or whatever. And it's like the only reason that we may manage to not go away, like so many other bands did, is because we didn't do what the trend said we're supposed to do. Right. We we avoided doing the same thing over and over and we took a lot of risks and we took a lot of chances and some of them worked out well some of them didn't work out well but the fact of the matter is if we didn't take those chances then we would we probably would would have been done you know five ten years ago yeah I definitely think I remember when Overcome came out and I was like wow like two weeks being like the lead off single it was almost like you took some of the stuff that you were doing like the more accessible things off of the fall of ideals but like really expounding upon those ideas it was really interesting because I was like I feel like the band's finally and I don't know how much of that is to also deal with you know working with Adam Duke well Adam didn't produce that record not overcome no talking about the fall of ideas working with Adam on the fall of ideas because as much of an audio nerd as I sometimes am like I remember uh not Irish well that's Jesse's old band um the band he did with Ken Ken Susie yeah the pop rock band that he was doing with him uh jeez oh, I forget the name of it fuck I have it on my phone I can think of it too uh Burn Your Wishes oh okay yeah yeah Burn Your Wishes that was it and yep. I mean it's like you know people love that but it's like that's not on earth and that's not Kill Switch no but yeah. I mean it's like why is it okay for these people to kind of do these things because they didn't do it as on earth and they didn't do it as Kill Switch I guess but it, it's one of those things where sometimes like I look at because that was all around the same time initially yeah. that Burn Your Wishes came out that little EP that they did and it just kind of made me wonder, it's like, okay, like, just working with someone like Adam, who, who likes all these kinds of things, you know, kind of, and, you know, at that point, they had a heartache blowing up and all sure. that kind of shit, and just kind of being like, hey, look, we, we, I have kind of figured out ways to incorporate maybe some more melodic things, and if you're not, like, kind of paying attention to that and being like, I mean, that's kind of what we want to do, but, like, we just... I guess didn't know how to figure out how to get there. Like we didn't, and you're kind of laying the breadcrumbs down for us. <laughs> like, hey, I guess we can kind of do this and, and see uh, how it fits us. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I we we really just kind of were like, hey, you know, let's try this and see what happens. I mean, we, an interesting story about two weeks when we first did that song, um, the verses were screamed. Really? Yeah. And uh, and I got into a fight with our label <laughs> about doing the verses screamed, and I was like. I was like, I don't want to do them all. I don't want it to. I don't want it to be all sung. And they're like, you, you, the singing sounds because I did it. And right. we were talking about how we were going to release it. And I was like, I don't think that we should do that song with the singing verses. I think we should do the screaming verses. And they were they were like, No, you're wrong. And I'm like, I'm I'm telling you, I really really don't think. And I, obviously it was because I was or a big part of it was because I was apprehensive about right. putting a song like that out and stuff. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I don't know how people are going to receive it. Blah blah blah. And they were like blah 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 blah. it's gotta be it's so much better this way blah 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 and I was like okay but let it be known I think you're wrong and we I got into a big fight with the owner of the label at the time and I I, and he was mad that I wouldn't say okay you're right because I did I said I was like (laughs) okay defer to you but I'm just saying I think you're wrong and he was there that fight went on because I wouldn't say okay yeah you're right and then you know it did yeah, you know, I was totally wrong, and which is great. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I've ever been happier to be wrong. Does, but that, does that original version exist somewhere? Maybe. Uh, 
I mean, the screams are on the song. No, well, I mean, so, in the day and age of, like, you know, like, a Haste the Day where they did When Everything Falls and there's the video slash radio edit where there's no screaming whatsoever, and then there's the album version, which is the way it was intended to be. I didn't know if maybe there was, like, I don't the, know. like Not, the league version or no, something. No, 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 no. They, it, it was just a different mix. So it's the okay. same stuff. Like, if you listen, there's scream. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I doubled all the, yeah, all the yeah, vocals yeah. Yep. And, and the screams are there, so... It was just a matter of where they were going to be placed in the mix. So, <clears throat> um, kind of also speaking to you know a little bit about the expansion on the sound on Madness. I don't know if the, the band is at demo stage already, thinking about the next record. Record, record's done. Oh, all right. It's interesting that that happens a lot more often than I anticipate. How far out? Because I mean, yeah. it takes a long time to write a record. It does. Um, but you know, a lot of people keep it close to the chest, and they're not like, oh, you know. Like Suicide Silence, apparently they've already got their new record done, written. Really? It's it's not recorded, but it's ready uh, to go. But I mean, when he told me that, I was like, oh, shit, you guys got a whole record ready? He goes like, yeah, I think it's like 12, 14 songs. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but I was going to say, like, you know, in light of the, the expansion of the sound on Madness, does how well it came across, you know, the execution of it on the record, does it excite you to try to want to push yourselves into those directions even further just to really see what the band's capable of doing whether it be vocals or, or even you know musically um I don't want to get I don't want to start talking about what the new record sounds like yet fair enough um see I I don't really want to get into like right. what the cause, right. cause, <laughs> cause we haven't talked about the new record publicly at all I really you to guys talk were about maybe like we got one one or two demos that we're working on so, so at that point I figured it wasn't no. very far along no there's the there's uh there's there there will be a new record uh soon it'll it'll be out it'll definitely be out next year okay uh it'll be available early part of next year I'm not sure when the release date's yeah, going to be, yep. but uh, but I don't want to get I don't want to get nope, into that's, that that's just because fine. I don't I don't want to yeah. spoil the surprise. Yep, so. no, that's fine. I, I guess we can leave that there and uh, move on to uh, the Thunder Rolls. Yeah, I mean, I love cover songs like unapologetically. Like I sometimes love covers more than the originals. Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites probably being the uh, cover of Frau Frau's uh, "Let Go" by uh, Static Lullaby. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's like. The thing that makes a cover great is being able to either take the original source material and just kind of making it your own while still being true to the original. It, it's very hard, really. I don't yeah. think people realize how hard it is. Yeah, because you have to walk a line. It's like you end up, if you try to make it too close to the original, yeah. then you end up sounding like a bar band doing it. Yes. And it doesn't sound, it doesn't have the the character that your that hopefully your band has. Right. You know, that, that it doesn't sound like your band doing that sound it sounds like any band doing that song (laughs) if you don't you know put something of yourself into it so I kind of wondered A what what made you choose that one and were there any other covers you were tossing around at the same time as you know like oh we got these three but this is the one we're most confident with nothing recorded we we only only thing we recorded was the Thunder Rolls and we talked about other songs and we like our label did and the guys would come up with ideas and stuff um but it always kept coming back to the Thunder Thunder Rolls as kind of the best one it's a moody song it's kind of dark it lends itself to metal kind of so we were just like you know what this is this is kind of the way to go it'll 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 come out good so when working on the song how long did it take to kind of find where you were going to take it there were a couple mixes that we went through okay um a couple different uh our producer kind of went and 
uh, Howard, he, he, he kind of gave it to some other people and said, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And had some, some other people kind of touch on it and, and, and stuff. Um, and it, it took a couple passes, I think, to kind of get it to the point where we were happy. But I don't remember how many. Probably, like, maybe one or two. Okay. And then, you know, something that... I, as someone who likes to just noodle around and play other people's shit, because that's what I do, something that's always interesting to me is learning more about songwriting and so forth, and, and you kind of start noticing, like, little, oh, this, this person does this, to like, their tail end of this riff kind of will go into this, or, sure. I guess as a vocalist, like, oh, the melody comes back, or they do these things. When you study a song to cover it, like, did you learn anything that maybe you didn't realize that, like, you were able to maybe apply like that you're like wow Garth Brooks I didn't realize you you were so fucking good at this well Garth didn't write that one okay. but uh but I don't know that there was anything on that particular song that was like ooh this we were really just trying to make sure that we did a um did a good representation of the song because you know it's a it was a huge huge song and you don't want to put out a cover <laughs> that's it's kind of bunk you know right what uh you know, I, I mentioned the Devil Driver Outlaws record that they just put out the cover, the Outlaw Country Covers record that yeah. they just did. You know, in light of this this cover, I mean, would you guys ever maybe do something like Hatebreed did with, like, influences that you guys, like, were, you know, some bands that you were influenced by? Or does that sound, does that sound like something that would be fun to do? It sounds like something that was would be fun to do. It sounds like something that would probably never happen, knowing the personalities in the band. <laughs> in, a, in a perfect world, if you guys could do it and, and it worked out, what would be something maybe fans wouldn't expect you to want to I mean I'd get weird I'd want to do like I'd probably want to do like Kyoto by Skrillex okay you know uh, or, or I was almost the, hoping you are going to go like Sade or something well or something like I, w- I was going to go and do something like uh, you know like try and come up with a way to do like Fumbling Towards Ecstasy by Sarah McLaughlin right. or you know get I would I would be the guy that's pushing for the weird <laughs> stuff the other guys would be like, well, you know, let's do this and, and that and blah, blah, blah. But I'd be like, I'd throw some kind of weird thing in there. I'd be like, let's do this or, let's, you know, something something odd. Something, I tend to be the guy that wants to push the envelope the most. Yeah. That wants to be like, I want to try doing weird stuff. Let's try this. Let's do this different and and stuff. Uh, so I, I would definitely I would definitely be like, yo, let's do Kyoto by Skrillex. It'd be badass. Because that's heavy, Baba, you know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm in the same boat. A lot of times people will listen to my chat with Phil Labonte, singer for All That Remains. Uh, Dan, as someone who wasn't actually in the room, 
What did you think of that? Uh, I thought it was good, man. I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed his points about uh, just literally not giving a shit um, about what people think, you know. And uh, but I mean, I think I think there's a certain sense of he gives a little bit more of a shit in that, like he's not quite as vocal as he once was. Right. But I don't know if that was more of just a business decision. I don't think it's because he's like butthurt by anything anyone said or 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 what he said or anything. And like I said, man, I think I think Phil's just a guy that gets a lot of undue hate. And uh, you know, like you're just basically like he said, you know, he's like I'm just a dude. You know, <laughs> like and unfortunately that that's what people hate. They they don't, you know, they want everybody wants you to live up to this like insane level where you're a hundred percent politically correct about everything and and you're you know on, on some level where you're you're thinking about you know seven hundred different issues around every single word that you say <laughs> and so uh that yeah. that was that was what I got the most out of that um about that interview and uh you know i think he uh i i think he, I think he was stoked to do it because i think uh, I think he's probably done a lot of interviews lately that have been a little bit more kind of have some hooks in them, you know, <laughs> like yeah, trying to, trying to get him to fuck something up, which is also what you guys talked about. How like they're looking for the most quotable fucking thing that he's gonna say, and spinning it whatever way, whatever way they want, and you know, basically just trying to profit off of off of his name, off of his work. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is about that was you know we talked a little bit about cryptocurrency in the beginning, and I just had a really good idea for if all that remains is a cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, instead of you checking your cryptocurrency balance, it will just literally tell you how much remains of your. <laughs> <laughs> so that would that would have been my that would have been my. Uh, <laughs> well, when I uh, tag Phil in this, uh, I'll uh, definitely put that joke in there. I tell him listen to the outro so you can hear uh, hear Dan's joke. Yeah. Um, nice. But no, I I, I think it, the other thing too that was pretty interesting was finding out that apparently there's a, a new All That Remains record that's already done, written, recorded, and coming out sometime early next year. Yeah, that was uh, you know, damn. I mean, they're just getting their shit done early and going home. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, in a day and age where it seems like a lot of bands take forever to get a record done, you know, and just milk the touring cycle for all it's worth, you know, Lamb of God being one of those. But I think you know when you get asked to do the final Slayer tour, you're, you're not going to turn that down and to be like, well, you know, we really need to get this new record done. <laughs> Right, yeah. But the fact that, you know, like you said, uh, record's done, it's like, wow. I mean, I am I definitely got to say I'm pretty interested to see what it sounds like in light of how Madness is. And the other thing, too, in listening back to this, uh, you know, just to see how bad it sounded when the, the, the band was playing, I don't know if you caught it, but I made a comment offhand. I, I, I made the wrong comment. I was trying to say something else, but I, I somehow was saying, like, you know, people would like you to basically just do – um a fall of ideals you know anniversary tour and i was basically just saying like you know bands who tour off of their past successes as opposed to constantly putting out new material and, and finding success with that where people want to hear those songs more and then yeah. he goes yeah you know we've talked about doing something like that and i don't know if you caught that but when i listened back i was like oh fuck i i asked a question that wasn't the question i meant to ask but then he was like yeah you know we've talked about doing that and it would be fun so i don't know maybe coming up in the next couple of years, maybe we might see a fall of ideals or this darkened heart anniversary tour. Never can tell. Be interesting. I, I wonder if that would shut the, the haters up on, uh, ooh, like you said, oh, put out the fall of ideals too. Well, if we just did the fall of ideals tour, would that satiate the people who just want to hear that? I'll tell you from personal experience, Fan you will never satiate the haters. <laughs> 
We are strong in our resolve and will always find something to shit on. It is amusing, too, that Phil is such a a shit poster himself, like you said. That it's it's funny that a shit poster and a dude who likes to just you know speak his mind gets so much hate because it's like, why aren't you embracing one of your own? <laughs> right, absolutely. Well, you know, it's because similar minds tend to butt heads; they don't really get along uh, that well. If if somebody's out there just trying to start shit, and then there's somebody else out there trying to start shit, you're like, no, motherfucker, I'm this, I'm the shit disturber in the room now, you know. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it just happens, and it, you know, because like that's that's what's going to happen. Like, you know, with guys like us, you know, every word that we say at some point, if we hit a certain level of popularity, every word that we say is going to be scrutinized. And I guarantee if they go back and listen to discography discussion, they're going to find a fucking gold mine of shit, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I'll be saying the same thing. Don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck, you know. Because that, that's really all you can do. If you give a fuck and, and put your life on pause and start trying to please people, like, who has time for that? Certainly not Phil. No. Certainly not Phil. And you know what? He's living he's living his best life right now. Yeah, he's already done recorded a brand new fucking album. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yep. Yep. That's called, that's called not sitting around and being worried about it. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see how this new record sounds. Very interested to see the reaction to whatever it is uh, when it comes out. I didn't have a good segue, so I'm just going to say that this is where we're going to start wrapping up uh, our outro and get you to the end of the episode here. Uh, Dan, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at DiscussMetalDan. You can send me an email at DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com. And you can find my other podcast, Discography Discussion, at DiscussMetal.com. And if you would like to keep up with All That Remains, you can find them on Instagram and Facebook at All That Remains. Twitter is at ATRHQ. And if you would like to keep up with Phil himself, he doesn't have Facebook anymore, but uh, you can find him over at Instagram and Twitter at Phil That Remains. I'm going to go ahead and tease this a little bit. When I uh, was at the show, I uh, was talking with Aaron Patrick, the bass player of All That Remains. And uh, I think when the tour is done, we're going to have him on the show uh, and talk about because he was the the tour manager for the the tour itself so I'd like to have him kind of come on and talk about being in the being in a band and wearing many hats and uh all that kind of stuff and maybe he can talk about all the the working out he does on the road and staying in shape and uh yeah so maybe we'll have uh, him come on in the next uh, couple of months or so and uh, if you would like to keep up with the podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Johnson Title Podcast. Tweet at us at Johnson Title Pod and email us at Johnson Title Pod at gmail.com. If you would like to keep up with our partners over at Moshpit Nation, you can at MoshpitNation.com. Facebook at Moshpit Nation West Capital MI. Instagram and Twitter are simply Moshpit Nation. And if you would like to keep up with our ever present show sponsor, The Bean Bastard, you can find them at TheBeanBastard.com. Pick up all kinds of delicious coffees there. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at TheBeanBastard. And we're going to play the song out to Kyoto by Skrillex, as you heard Phil say. So crank it up, get your wubble wubble love dubs going, and we will talk to you next time.
photogram with my man's girls Jane's moving at the team, say fuck a best deal We got that white girl, so we make those grill checks Fuck a white girl, talk real neck Karate chop a grill, bitch I kill Born from the center of a storm All the boys slapping gums about how they're hard Bitch I'm harder, martyr to the swag on the corner Beat you roll up with the drums Is the bass makes that bitch cold Yeah.